It's such a huge responsibility, right, for, for talents to go out there and use their voice. So you have to be not just authentic, but like making sure that the information that you're passing, the communication that you're having is actually, you know, uh, through. People feel a lot of pressure to speak up on, on every social matter. If they don't know enough, if they aren't educated enough, they also have power to also uh, misinform their audience. You're such an inspiration, you know, for women and the LGBTQ plus community kind of within such a male-dominated sport. When I came out, it was strategically planned with my team in terms of the messaging, and I really wanted it to be a form of celebration. Everyone is looking for more inspiration, right? When I grew up, I was the only girl I knew that played golf, and I was also the only colored girl I knew that played golf. How do you see that within like mental health? Really good question. And I don't think that it's talked about enough within the creator and influencer community. Hi everyone. Welcome to another Influencer Marketing Uncover podcast. And I am here, Mara Genovese, founder and president of Imaging Power a fully integrated marketing global powerhouse. Today's episode promised to be full of insights and inspiration for both talent and brands. Tisha Allen is a pro-gopher influencer and activist voice for women in a male-dominant industry, as well as for the LGBTQ plus community. Co-hosting this episode with me today could be no one else than our senior account manager at... I never know how to say her surname. Golf, yes. <laughs> so he not just, only just runs. Is the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he not only runs our campaigns all across the globe, working relentless hours, very talent, and he's being, you know, a great partner here at MG Power. And funnily enough, he worked with Tisha on our recently campaign with Genesis. Mm -hmm. So it's the second time Ed is second actually co-hosting a podcast with me. So welcome, Ed. It was oh, about wow. time for you yeah, to come back. It's been, a, it's been a while. I think it's been <laughs> the last podcast I did was in the old office. So yeah. this is a change. And, That's uh, good. It's a good change. But yeah, thank you so much, Maya, for it's having me. It's a pleasure. It's such a pleasure to be here with you, Tisha. Uh, Tisha is an example of a multi-talented influencer and content creator. We luckily had the chance to work together this year in LA on our campaign with Genesis, and I can only say she's a true inspiration. Um, and also, I just wanted to thank you for the, for the golf tips you gave me um, back in LA. <laughs> I mean, I, went, I played golf when I, uh, as soon as I came back from the trip, but I had so many golf tips in my head that oh my God, it, was, okay. it was a terrible yeah. round, but I'm, I'm working on it. Um, okay. But how are you, Tisha? Feels weird talking to you across Zoom. I'm used to seeing <laughs> you know, on a golf course. I know, I know. I, I, I am used to you being right right there with me, but no, I'm I'm well. I'm excited to be on. Thank you guys for thinking of me from across the pond. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, we're super excited to have you joining us uh, uh, on our podcast to discuss some topics actually very in line with the key message of the Genesis campaign we worked on, which was all mm -hmm. around how to make the game your own. Welcome, yeah, Tisha. Very, very happy to have you here. So as we always do here at our Influencer Marketing Cover podcast, to start our conversation, no better than actually getting to know you better, right? So you have an amazing work, rich and purpose, both in golf, right? And as a cultural voice across our social media accounts. 
So tell us a little bit about your story, how you started and why GOLF and why you decided to be that such empowerment women for social culture voices. Oh gosh, that is such a, it's a loaded question. So I'm going to try and give you the, ele the elevator pitch. I, I got into golf because of my dad and he introduced me at a very young age. He knew he wanted his child to be an athlete and he caught the golf bug when I was about three years old. And then soon thereafter, he brought me to the driving range and it just became a father-daughter bonding experience. And I never stopped golfing ever since I was three. Started competing um, when I was seven. And then I kept on going up until 2018, uh, where my career switched more into the media aspect of it. And my journey has been quite crazy just because, you know, growing up as a golfer who really wanted to become professional, which I did do, and then going into university and studying to be a broadcast journalist, I never knew like the the term influencer or creator or a personality was not a thing in college. I didn't go to college and say, this is what I'm going to become. That was never the route, but it took everything I learned and knew to become where I am now. I had to become a professional golfer. I had to learn how to play golf all my life. I had to go through broadcast journalism to be the creator that I am now, um, which leads to in 2018. Social, well, social media actually hit very hard in golf in 2016, and I jumped on the boat. I wanted to showcase my ability. I wanted to try and reach a big, bigger audience for means of sponsorship while I was trying to turn pro, and then suddenly it turned into my career, and now it's way more fun on this side than, than playing professional, I will say. But you're still playing professionally, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was fun being professional, but, but now I think I, I, yeah, I still am a professional. I just haven't competed since uh, 2018 was the last time I've been in competition. I think you're definitely on the on the right side of things. Like you get to enjoy your life. <laughs> exactly. You don't need to tour around the US exactly. and, you know, with all that, with all that pressure as well. Um, yeah, it also like, you know, you're such an inspiration, you know, for women and the LGBTQ plus community kind of within such a male dominated sport. Um, how was it kind of, you know, first communicating, you know, your voice with this community in, you know, such a male dominated Absolutely. sport when you kind of transitioned mm -hmm. from being a kind of a pro golfer to becoming a, a content creator? Oh man, it was, uh, it was very scary. It was very, very scary. I think every time I think about my coming out experience, it always gets me a little choked because it, it took everything out of me to be able to do it. And I feel like I'm a very strong-willed, strong, I'm a very dominant personality. And it actually took about a year in planning to come out, especially in the golf world. And I wanted to make sure that my family and my close one, my close friends, my loved ones all heard it from me first. And that, you know, no matter what, I was going to have my foundation, my family, everyone on board. But when I came out, it was strategically planned with my team in terms of the messaging. And I really wanted it to be a form of celebration. And that was, because that's my brand, you know, and that is who I am. I'm someone who loves to have fun. I want to bring the party, but I always felt like up until 2019 of June that I felt like there was something, like there was weight on my shoulders. and so. So when I came out, I told myself, regardless of the outcome, regardless of the pushback that this a very conservative audience can have, I ha I'm going to be okay because my people that I love have my back. And I'd say when I came out, about 85% of it was, was positive 
And that's honestly the best thing I could have asked for. I, I had so much uh, reach from, you know, other professionals, uh, people from other sports saying how awesome it was. And for me, it was a big deal because there really wasn't a lot of, I don't really actually recall many females coming out even in the year of 2019 in golf, let alone someone who's a little more feminine facing. And I think it was quite shocking uh, to not just my family and friends, but to I'm sure my audience as well. So it the the way it was received was was positive. I'm going to say it was very positive. And the growth that there has been since 2019 has been enormous, in, in my opinion. So it took a lot of bravery. I don't think people realize how much tears mm. happen behind the scenes. But it, it's truly like the happiest day of my life when I did it. I think, yes, it's such an inspiration. I think you've definitely paved the way for kind of other, you know, younger, um, kind of younger Generation. content creators and, you know, you're, you're a true role model and I think it's received so well. And even when we were in, in LA back in, in February, I think for the Genesis Invitational, we were literally walking around the golf tournament really? and the amount and of people that were screaming, Tisha, Tisha, really? Tisha, Tisha, Tisha. Really? Yeah, it was, it was crazy. That is crazy. No, congratulations. As I'd said, such an inspirational and I love the Thank fact you. that you use your voice, you know, to raise awareness and also, you know, to uh, and not, as you said, it must have been taking a lot of courage for you to actually decided of moving forward and use your voice as in your, you know, a social channel to to embrace that subject, which is uh, which is very inspirational. What do you think about influencers or like talents, you know, using their voice on like social issues you know to be like a culture voice do you think this you know how do you see because there's a lot of talents now they use their voices to such a cause mm -hmm. right what your view yeah. on that do you think that's how talents should be you know contributed to you know to, to use their voice to put in a positioning that they can support all the community that can support any social cause do you think you know what's what's your view on that on the role of talents like you be supporting this type mm -hmm. of positioning using their voices i think i think it's important i think because literally the our title is influencer mm -hmm. creator right mm -hmm. so as an influencer you want to influence the audience that you have whoever however many followers you have they're following you because they believe in your word because they resonate with you Absolutely. because they relate to you and so if you have a matter that speaks so loudly to you that you think it's like a part of your identity just like myself you know being a part of the community was something i felt very strong about sharing because i felt like if i didn't share that i was no longer authentic I think that it's very important to speak out on it. However, I don't think that any personality or creator should feel forced upon to speak upon a matter that maybe that they aren't as educated in. I think with a lot of the pressures in the world, especially so many things changing and, you know, outside of let's take pull ourselves out of marketing, all the things happening in the world, right? And I think people feel a lot of pressure to speak up on on every social matter. And I think when it comes to that, it should just be authentic to the talent and creator themselves. If they don't know enough, if they aren't educated enough, they also have power to also uh, misinform their audience, too. So I think Absolutely. so long as you feel strongly, you're educated, you feel authentic about what you're speaking about then you should absolutely speak out and say something. And I, I love the fact that you said like it's such a huge responsibility, right, for, for talents to go out there and use their voice. So you have to be not just authentic, but like making sure that the information that you're passing, the communication that you're having 
is actually you know uh, through because at the end of the day you are influencing right your community the people that follows mm -hmm. you and like you mentioned like about being authentic right and i think mm -hmm. you know, working within the industry of influencer marketing and working with so many talents as an agent for the past six years we've noticed now that the more authentic you are more engagement you have not just engagement for the sake of the results of your giving for the brand you are collaborating with but to engage in a in a very transparent way with your with your followers with your community so do you think authenticity is actually now the key driver for success of any influencer and talent and then putting the brand into you know into the mix here is what brands are looking more nowadays is for more talents that have the authentic approach oh absolutely i think i think the most powerful influencers are the ones who are very clearly authentic inside and out me being a creator and following other creators whether it's in my world or outside i feel like i have a good feeling of who is really being authentic and not and I've, i'm able to meet a lot of these individuals too but um i i i do think that there is more power in authenticity than in numbers i would much rather choose a micro influencer who is truly authentic inside and out not afraid to share what they feel and are speaking and doing things for the greater good than to choose someone with multi-million followers who's a walking billboard how much power is that actually you know and and that also hurts a brand too to just be a walking billboard. You don't want to just be one of the many. You want to, as a brand, you want an influencer that speaks to you, you know, and actually believes in you. And, and for that to be vice versa, because you want mutual authenticity between creator and brand, right? So I don't consider myself a very large creator, but I do think that I'm a strong one because I know that who I am off, off camera is truly who I am. Like we're gonna have a party regardless Agreed. if we're on camera. <laughs> you're gonna see my emotions. You're gonna you're gonna know who I am um, very very quickly. I think you know what you mentioned before about you know pressure and from brands. You know ever since you know coming out, um, have you you know seen or felt that brands have kind of approached you and you know the type of content you create and how they want to collaborate with you differently or like. Have you, have you received kind of more added pressure from the brand on certain messaging when you're promoting a product or a brand? Um, yeah, it'll be just interesting to hear kind of your, your thoughts on, on that. Sure. I mean, you know, I'm just going to speak very, very, like, honestly. You know, there, after the pandemic, there was a huge switch in, in culture and environment in the world, yeah. right? And I take, I have always taken so much pride in just being, um, whether it was a, being a full-time athlete or being a full-time creator, and just being very good at my craft. And, and I, people don't realize how much goes behind creating a video or, you know, doing the trick shots or anything re really, right? And, you know, noticeably, um, in simpler terms, after the pandemic, a lot, a lot of brands changed their, their approach, right? Um, in, in the best way possible, in my opinion. And so to answer your question, a lot of brands started approaching me. Uh, for different means, not just for my ability, which is not a problem. I, I very much am happy to be a voice. I want to be the voice. I want to be heard. And I think I'm someone who has something important to say, but there has been a huge switch in messaging and, and approach in terms of just like, 
um, spreading cultural diversity, spreading LGBTQ community and whatnot. And I think everything is just a balance, right? Like I think, and that's what I push, any brand that approaches me and whatever I do, I very much fight for my own creativity versus words being put in my mouth. Because if you want me to speak a message about per se AAPI community, let me do it in my way. Like trust me and let me do it because I will do it best. Don't tell me what to say because I'm the one who's living it, you know? And so I think I, I love where the change is going. I think that the world needs this change to spread more, more and, and bigger messages. But so long as it's done, just again, reiterating that authenticity, just allowing it to be and trusting the creator in the way they want to express it. I think definitely like more of an open brief, brief rather than a, exactly. than a restricted one for say. sure is kind of the yeah. key for, for authenticity. Like 100%. Yeah, and then, I, and then I love what you said, like, cause you, at the end of the day, you know, who is your followers, right? So you know what your community mm -hmm. is looking to hear from you. So I think it's like tailoring the messaging for to, to get like a brand to tell you how to say it, it. It used to be five, six years ago when we always started with the right working with talent to embrace brands uh, on a paid collaboration. But I think nowadays it's it's not just about you know getting the brand to to put those briefings saying exactly what you have to say, what's the narrative, what's the creative direction it should be. So I think the more authentic you are, more it's going to be resonated and more engagement you have, more trust you develop across your community. And then I, I, I am very happy to say that more and more brands, they're understanding that, which for us as an agency yeah. is such, you know, <laughs> a, a great thing. Because like we, right. yes, because sometimes like they use clients that they come and say, no, we want exactly the briefing should be like that. We mm -hmm. want them to say mm -hmm. these words, this direction, this creative orientation. And we go like, yeah. no, that's not going to get <laughs> the authenticity. But it is changing and it's, it's as you said it, it's being you know it's been a while but it's, it's changing to the right direction because you know consumers and we as a people we are looking more for you know relatable content right it's not just about you know as before like we're looking more for aspirational now i think we are everyone is looking for more inspiration right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i agree amazing uh and tisha we you're talking about like we noticed like ed knows you better and uh, but i've noticed looking <laughs> at your content that you're very entertaining as well right so you love dancing <laughs> you know there's a lot of fashion going on there she and invite uh, her to a christmas party exactly <laughs> and she's doing a christmas party maybe we should invite her I'll to, a christmas, to our party. christmas party yes we're doing a christmas party I would love yes that. yes you're a great dancer so like how like where your inspiration come from when you're creating content that is outside of golf right because like it's yeah. such a you know an exciting thing to see that you have the element of golf so strongly around you but at the same time you can come out with content that is very unexpected but is entertaining <laughs> it's fun it's cool thank you i i very much appreciate that it's so funny because I, I don't know if you, you all saw, but I just posted a video last night and you know how the moment that Halloween is over, everyone starts thinking yeah. about Christmas <laughs> I and, I, and I did, I did a skit about Mariah. It's, it's not even Christmas season. It's Mariah Carey season. Every, you're going to hear this song, every mall, every store you go to. <laughs> and, um, it's just, it's, it's funny. I, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I, 
I am a golfer first. That is what my career has been. But growing up in my culture, I'm full Filipino, but born in, in America, Filipinos, if, if you know any, are very much entertainers. And I grew up in a very entertained household. Like my dad is a guitarist. He has a cover band. He taught me how to play the drums. I'll jam with him. What a cool daddy, right? Yeah, he's yeah. a, he's yeah. a, he's a, yeah, he's a, He's, he's a cool dad and and my mom she loves to dance we're always oh, karaoke cool. we're singing you know we're hosting parties and so I feel like a lot of my you know the way I was brought up was just to be an entertainer I'm a golfer but I, I am also an entertainer at the end of the day and and so I take pride in showing the different pillars and aspects of my life because that's how that's actually how I blew up because I combined dancing and golfing for fun on the right, golf course and and I really thought that was the most unprofessional thing I could ever do in a conservative sport. And it turned out to be the most viral thing I could have ever done years ago. And I'm so grateful I did because I'm able to show my personality and blend it with the sport that I think really can use a lot of personality. And so yeah. it's really just who I am and I'm just being myself and bringing it to the game. And yeah, and I, I can't I couldn't agree with you more on that. Like golf is, you know, I'm, I have an interest in golf um mm -hmm. but primarily it's seen as like an old like an old man's like heritage kind of sport and how like i feel like social media has such had such a massive impact on the game and you're seeing more and more kind of golf content creators you know coming to life every day where do you see kind of golf evolving over the over the next few years you know from the impact of social media and content creators like yourself I think just a lot of a younger community, which I'm so, so excited, excited for. I mean, even through the through the pandemic, there has been a huge growth in, in females getting into the game. And the the uh, drop rate is a lot less. Usually women will get into the game, become intimidated, feel like they don't have a say in the sport and then quit. But through the pandemic, there was just a huge turnaround. A lot of women and a lot of just the younger generation, kind of the Gen Z and millennials now getting into it, which is which is what this sport needs to help. We need, we need to blend everybody, you know, it can't just be the older community. We have to be accepting of the younger generation and there, the younger generation is what's going to fuel the, the growth of the game, you know, and we want to make it fun for, for everyone. So I think that's where the future is headed. I think it's going to be a little more lax. I think that there's going to be a lot more younger kids in the game and i think there's going to be a lot more diversity in the game because when i grew up i was the only girl i knew that played golf and i was also the only colored girl i knew that played golf and where i grew up so you know I, i've been seeing a lot of turnaround already and tisha just changing a little bit the subject um because mm -hmm. we work with a lot of talents right and then there's of course sometimes there's you know a pressure on like how agile you can be on creating content. Uh, what is your numbers are looking like? I know we talk about that today is much more important the authenticity of your content rather sure. than the numbers. But at the end of the day, unconscious, we do have that, you know, the algorithm is not showing my content to yeah. all my community. Yeah. Oh, my engagement is just going down. Oh, Instagram is cutting yeah. my followers. <laughs> so we, we have that sense of, you know, like, not worried, Urgency. but yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. how do you see that within like mental health, right? Because there's a, 
it, influencer now talent it's become a huge market right and which is great you know like we we work yeah. within the industry and i'm i myself i'm very passionate about seeing so many great talents like around the globe bringing different you know voices different type of content and inspirational but there is a pressure at the end of the day right uh, yeah. How do you deal with mental health when it comes to your own, you know, your own career? And if there's any advice that you could give to, to influencers on that sense, what that would be? Gosh, that's, that's a really good, really good question. And I don't think that it's talked about enough within the creator and influencer community. It is a lot of pressure and I'd be lying if I said, oh, I don't care about that because I do. I want to perform for every brand, but we can't control when the algorithm isn't, isn't in our favor. We can't control if something in the world is happening and people aren't looking at creators and, and what they're trying to sell, you know, and, and um, I think for me, what helps me get through it is knowing that this is my occupation and I'm separating it from who I am as a person. And I think what's hard with the younger generation, I have two younger siblings and they're Gen Zers, and I feel like they're very emotionally attached to who they are on social media. They're so engrossed in like, but it, am I popular? Am I getting the likes and whatnot? Yes, I want my likes. Yes, I want my engagement, but it is my job. And so my, my advice to other creators and other talent is just to remind yourself at the end of the day that you have to separate yourself, who you are, um, from from your occupation as a creator as well, because otherwise it's just going to it's going to eat you alive. And there's going to be ebbs and flows to the way your your content performs. One day I could create something that took five seconds to make, and it goes viral, and I did nothing. And then I can do something where I edited for ten hours, and it hasn't even been seen by anyone because it's not it's just not getting eyes. And that's just what comes with the job. And I think alongside that what's most important is just to be consistent because if you're struggling as a creator other creators are also struggling too yeah. if we're struggling to get numbers and it's seen across the board i think brands will be understanding that like you know for everyone it's kind of down but let's just try and make the most of what we have let's just try to be as authentic as we can and just reach as much as we can with what we have and and kind of go from there and do you think the Web 3.0 now with metaverse coming, the avatars, uh, <laughs> that it's going to help or that is going to actually even get a more of a challenge for you guys when it comes to to pressure? Because, you know, like this Web 3.0, it's, it's coming. You know, a lot of brands already, yeah. you know, creating virtual experience and then, you know, NFT collection. But it's still not yet there because everyone is trying to navigate it and understand what is actually Web3. Um, do you think every time it's come, like we can give an example for TikTok, right? So when TikTok started, everyone's like, do I go mm -hmm. to TikTok or just stay on Instagram? There's the pressure. Yes. We need to be on TikTok. But what I'm going to do on TikTok? I don't know how to dance. I don't know how to <laughs> sing. But everyone is going to TikTok. I need to be on TikTok. So do you feel that yes. pressure when there is new formats of technology coming that you feel like, oh my God, what's going to be my strategy now for sure. the Web3? Or no, you just, you know, you just think, oh, this is who I am. This is how I've, you know, created, you know, developed my career is on Instagram and I moved sure. to TikTok and I'm going to stick with that. I don't want to engage 
into a new technology or no, you plan ahead, like, okay, I have to be there. Do you feel that pressure? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm sure, I'm sure we all do. Yeah. And, and something that I've, I've taken from being a professional athlete is just a, I'm, I'm very competitive by nature. And so for me, it, it does kind of feel a little bit of like, you know, survive or die. And I think the key when it comes to whatever is next, whether it's, you know, the, the new world, web three, whatever we call it, or just a continuation of the apps we already have, or another TikTok comes up, I don't know what it is, but I think it's very important to be, to, to be nimble and, and to be adaptive. You have to adapt. Well, it's not nice. survive or die, it's adapt or die. And for a lot of my creator friends in my space who also blew up on Instagram and golf, a lot of them were very against, we'll use TikTok in this example, they were very against the use of TikTok. They're like, oh, that, that just seems dumb. I don't need that or whatever. And I happened to be one of the first golfers to step into that space. And that elevated my brand tremendously. If I didn't make that jump, I wouldn't have an additional 1.2 million followers of a reach that I do if I if I was so close-minded and not even giving it a chance. I think it's important to give everything a chance, right? Like when Clubhouse, the oh yes, it's like that you know the, the pod, yeah. House, Remember yes. Clubhouse during yeah. the pandemic? It was it was it was popping. I everyone had a Clubhouse. About Clubhouse but it's it, true. it was so hot, and and you know I I wasn't exactly for it. I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to keep up with this? But you just got to try it, yeah. and it doesn't mean that you need to hit on everything on every platform. But I think it's important to try and have a presence on every platform, whether big or small because you never know what opportunities can arise with that. So I think it's important as a creator to exist in as many places as you can, but also be very realistic with where you own your craft. Like I know I own my craft in TikTok and Instagram, but I live on YouTube and Twitter. It's not my main thing. I don't always have the capacity to get on there and it's not my main stream of income, but I exist. And I think it's important to exist in as many platforms as possible and to be okay with adapting. I love that. And also because you can have, because you, your community, we always discuss that with, with the talent that we work with and brands, that your community is not necessarily into one place only, right? So as you said, so you craft your, you know, it's on TikTok and Instagram, but that doesn't mean you cannot have a community, even if it's a smaller size on YouTube or onto the next platform. But the importance is like test and learn, uh, I'm talking about test and learn again, Jake. <laughs> uh, and uh, and making sure you have the presence, right? Because your community is not necessarily just into one place. And then you can get your awareness into different technology. Not necessarily you have to have that big reach that you already have on, on TikTok and Instagram. And, and it opens up more opportunities Absolutely. to work with brands yeah. as well. You know, wider, yeah, wider exactly. community, more reach, different types of communities as well across different platforms. So... Web3 is definitely, you know, it's coming for oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it feels a little bit like the unknown at the moment and how creators are going to maximize, maximize it. But I think, I think people will transition quickly like they did with TikTok. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah with the TikTok, mm -hmm. as like we we're discussing, there was a lot of like, you know, I don't want to go to the TikTok. I remember those days. <laughs> like, and now like it's just TikTok is just for Gen Z, it's just for young generation. But now look at what happened with TikTok, right? And then it's a platform that you, you have to be, right? Uh, not just right. as a talent, but as a, as a, as a, as a brand. Uh, Tisha, um, 
we can stay here forever talking because we love to have, <laughs> you know, guests like you. Uh, but what I wanted to ask you before we ended uh, our podcast, sure. how do you see the future of influencer marketing going? I know we talk about the Web3, but if you mm -hmm. can, you know, like what is, what do you envision that the market is going to look like? Uh, there's a lot of like, there's some like, you know, we talk a lot with, with clients and brands and sometimes they ask us the question like, is the influencer marketing will eventually die? Would like, will eventually this industry disappear and brands will no longer work at influ influencers? And I always, my opinion, my opinion now, like the fact says that the influencer market is not going anywhere and it's here to stay and then it's going to continue to grow. So we're looking into numbers of 24 billion market in 2025, which is insane to think. But I wanted to see from your perspective as a talent, where do you see the industry moving towards in the future? I, I mean, I agree with your statement in the sense that I don't think that influencer marketing is going to die anytime soon. I think it's going to be a, a continued and very valued market. I think the future is social media. I think the future of TV is on your phone. It already is that now, but I think social media is going to start going in the route of, I wouldn't be surprised if like there's going to be more like Netflix available kind of entertainment, but on Instagram instead. It's just like one hub because the first thing that people do when they wake up is they check their phones and that's a new home. I, I oftentimes when I'm, when I'm with other, you know, people, they're like, yeah, I don't even know the last time I turned on my TV. So I think the future is going to be more creators, be more influencers and more really more personalities in whatever shape or form that may be. I can't say what you know, future would be like in terms of apps or, you know, the future of Web3 and whatnot. But I just know that the, the future is going to be more technology. It's going to be faster entertainment at the convenience of your hand. And so wherever that is, that's where I'm going to be. So what do you think, Ed? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Tisha, what are, you know, what a great conversation. I'm sure our listeners today have enjoyed meeting with you and getting to know more about your story and how inspired you are. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. And uh, we really hope we're going to work together again soon. Yes. Please. Yes. And next time I'm in LA, I, I will make sure that uh, we will meet. <coughs> Uh, and if you're in London, just be sure that let us know. We'd love to, to welcome you here as well. And Ed, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. What a pleasure to it's have been you a pleasure. here. It's been a pleasure to have you as well, Tisha. And if we do meet again, I hope hopefully soon, I will be asking for more golfing tips. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I've improved no, my game by then, but we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see, we'll see. You uh, can message me. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone that has thank been listening to us today. Hope you enjoyed our episode of Influencer Marketing Cover podcast. If you're not following us yet, please do so on Amazon, Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. And once again, thank you so much for being with us, for listening to us. And I see you on our next episode. Thank you so much again, Tisha and Ed. What a pleasure. Thank you so much.